wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And joining us is a very special cute one. We have Quinn Lamar, who is the co-host of Know That, a Real Housewives podcast, and drumroll please... Donnie's real life husband. Welcome. Wow. Yeah, that's that's me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I call myself Donnie's podcast husband, but you actually do a podcast with him and are married to him. So God bless you, sir. Oh, yeah, I do the Lord's work. <laughs> See, I was gonna say I did Lord's work by dealing with both of them. You, you just did a full '90s sitcom. Like, cut it out. <laughs> Too soon. soon, Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Well, we're off to a great start here. (laughs) I am the cute one. And today we're going to be covering 13 going on 30. I'm excited. Me too. It's, I think, truly the best movie we've covered Mm. so far. So you haven't done 27 Dresses yet. (laughs) Well, I went through my whole adult life not seeing 27 Dresses. And then Quinn made me watch it because he knows the kind of bullshit I watch. And... (laughs) <laughs> when it finished, I said, I loved it. Well, you know I haven't seen it, so. <laughs> You've never seen 27 Dresses? Oh, I haven't seen anything, Quinn. Oh. <laughs> do you know who's in it? Yeah, I do know who's in it. It's um, Izzy from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Judy Greer is also in that, so. Does she play the best friend? She does, but for good. <laughs> She's <laughs> very versatile. That's why we love Judy Greer. We stand a Michigan queen. From the mitten. That's right. Mm -hmm. The racist part, but still the mitten. (laughs) So before we jump into the plot of this legit good film, Donnie, do you have any background information or little tidbits for us today? Yeah, just a few, just a few. This 2004 hit was written by Josh Goldsmith, who also wrote What Women Want and 51 episodes of Circles Become Circles, The King of Queens. Oh, my God. We love this... Kevin James Stan. Love his work. Yeah. (laughs) And the movie was directed by Gary Winnick, who directed Bride Wars, Letters to Juliet, and the live action Charlotte's Web. So not not as strong as Josh Goldsmith's resume, but it's all right. I was not aware there was a live action Charlotte's Web. What does that look like? Is it real animals or is it people dressed up like animals? (laughs) No, it's real animals. Or like CGI animals? Are they real animals? I don't think they use real animals How did they train a spider like that? (laughs) So I guess, yeah, it's CGI. The spider was definitely CGI. (laughs) And it was also Julia Roberts. The spider was. Yeah. Oh my god. Not the pig. It was a star-studded event. Usually I watch Julia Roberts films. I don't know how I missed that one. (laughs) 
So some little tidbits I have. The cutest thing, and perhaps oddest, was that to prepare for playing a 13-year-old girl, Jennifer Garner spent her time when she wasn't recording, hanging out with teenagers Mm. so that she could... (laughs) Yeah. When I wrote it, it sounded cute. Then I read it. I said, no, this is just full-on odd. But that's okay. Not a positive point for my Jennifer Gardner hate. I'll put it that way. Wait, repeat her name? Jennifer Gardner? (laughs) (laughs) No? Not that? No, no D, no D. She's not the help, Chelsea. Jennifer Garner. (laughs) Jennifer Garner? Yeah, I have been hating a woman and wow, that actually I kind of feel like I have big dick energy that I hate her so much I didn't even care to learn her real name. <laughs> Jennifer Gardner. Oh my god. That sounds like one of those games. I don't even know if this is a real thing, but I feel like there's like a children's book or games. They're like Bob Chauffeur, <laughs> Jennifer Gardner, <laughs> Susie Maid. Isn't there like 1313 Dead and Drive? That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay, I, think. I was going to say clue adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's basically what 1313 Dead and Drive is, but more for adults. It's clue for people who really want to get interactive with murder. Yeah, Ooh. you really get to like push people. To, not really get to push people, but push the little playing cards the down the stairs. The game ends with stuff. a real murder. <laughs> if you're doing it right. So normally I come prepared with like, this person was the last person in the world cast. But today is quite the opposite. Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, and Judy Greer were the studio's first choices to play these roles. Wow. Yeah, we don't get it often, but we do here. And maybe that's why it's so strong. And then my last thing before we finally move into plot is that Krista B. Allen, the actress that plays young Jenna, was liked by Jennifer Garner so much that Jennifer Garner requested she play the young version of her in Ghosts of Girlfriends Past as well. And you know what, Donnie? Okay, I might not know Jennifer Garner's last (laughs) name, but I do know something because this actress that played her in this movie is on like TikTok and Instagram and she recently turned 30 and she recreated like some of the scenes and the moments from this film. And it's great casting like top to bottom because as a 30 year old, she looks shockingly like adult Jennifer Gardner. Uh, Jennifer who? I was hoping that somebody was just going to let that go. She does look like her. I also think, and don't get upset, I think she looks... Just like you. The girl or Jennifer? The girl. The girl. This is when I said don't get upset because I first noticed it when the movie starts and she like has the braces and she's clearly supposed to be awkward in the school photo. (laughs) I was like, that looks like Chelsea. I will say the awkward 13-year-old version of her, if you combined her with Zach Hansen, (laughs) that's what I looked like as a child. I do see it. You do kind of resemble that actress. It's the gum to teeth ratio, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So anyone out there that has been dying to know what Chelsea looks like, just plop in 13 going on 30 and we've got it. There you go. Um, Have you seen this movie? I have. I have seen this movie. I loved this movie despite my, now I'm just in my own head, despite my Jennifer Garner hate, (laughs) I still loved it. And I actually rewatched it like a couple of months ago with Dr. Bald after he made me watch a horror film where there was like a little gremlin that came out of a woman's head. (laughs) That was like our palate cleanser afterwards that we watched this movie. So I enjoyed myself. I saw that movie. (laughs) Sticks with you. (laughs) 
He and his best friend were watching during quarantine. They were taking turns like, you pick a movie, now I'll pick a movie. And then that was the last one they watched. He said, I'm never doing that again. What is the name of the movie for everybody that's like hitting their steering wheel right now because we've just danced around it? Do we remember? Malignant. Malignant. Oh, wait, that's not the movie I was talking about. Then. That's the movie I was talking about. Oh, okay. You were talking about a movie that actually I feel was the movie that Malignant was stolen from, which was made in, like, the 80s. And I do not remember what that movie is called, but it was a disgusting movie, and I hated it even more than Malignant. No, I know you two really watched the same movie Oh, recently. we both watched it? Yeah, I know the for a fact old you version? watched. Oh, uh-huh. The Basket Case. Yes, that's it, Basket Case. Basket Case. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God, that movie is terrible. Oh, it starts off with this creepy murder. Uh It's very, very And then the little creature pops out of the basket and is like, Mm. Mm. It was before they like really mastered special effects for monsters. And it was like a mixture of like bad puppetry. It was very disturbing. It was like if, and I haven't seen this movie, Donnie, so you can scream (laughs) privately. Please mute yourself. But it's like if Flubber was evil. I've never seen Flubber either. Oh my God. That's what we should be covering. (laughs) Well, we are covering 13 going on 30, so I'm going to move us back on track. So before we get into the plot of the episode, we like to ask our guests to recap the movie in one minute or less. So I'm going to put our timer up and go. Let's see. A little white girl in the 80s goes to a makeout party. (laughs) Fast forward, somehow she makes a wish and becomes a 30-year-old woman working in New York for some fashion magazine, which is supposed (laughs) to be like Teen Vogue. She's a terrible person. Uh, The mean girl is her best friend, who should be the star of the movie. (laughs) How does it end? (laughs) Great job. Oh my god. What a great pick for a guest. I find actually the whole premise, despite this being a great movie, love everybody in it, the premise of what happens when she's a 30-year-old is so creepy that she has a grown 30-year-old man fall in love with her as a 13-year-old, so we'll get to all that. But we begin with a 13-year-old Jenna on her birthday, and while her best friend Matt is skeptical of Tom Tom, the original Regina George, Jenna wants nothing more than to be a member of the Six Chicks. She says that she doesn't want to be original, She just wants to be cool. So with the promise of Jenna doing their homework, the six chicks come to her birthday party, trick Jenna into going into a closet to play Seven Minutes in Heaven, where they promptly ditch her. I have to say, like, the concept of Spin the Bottle and Seven Minutes in Heaven doesn't exactly age well in a COVID world, but I personally was a big fan as a preteen. <laughs> Were either of you partakers in these kissing games? I wasn't. My circle was very small, and I was the only boy <laughs> in the circle, like, and a very clearly gay, not to myself, but to all my friends, boy. So, like, we just had dance parties where we <laughs> put on songs and then dance. And that was without alcohol, of course. Of course. And then in high school, when I finally came out, then I went to a party and we didn't play spin the bottle, but it was the first time I kissed at a party. And because I was recently out of the closet, I guess I was like the safe option. So I made out with like seven girls there. <laughs> Love that journey for you. Yeah. Catching up on lost time. So I guess we see why some guys pretend to be gay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Did you ever play any of these games, Quinn? I did. I did. I did it a lot. Went to a lot of team parties. I actually knew a lot more than a lot of people my age due to my viewing of things on the internet and TV. (laughs) So 
I facilitated a lot of these things and came up with ways for them to happen and play lookout and such. <laughs> yeah, what does a uh, seven minutes in heaven facilitator look like? What's on the resume for that? <laughs> yeah. Did you have a headset? I was kind of a hype man, oh. you know, so like you kind of got to get everybody into it. <laughs> uh, I remember at one party, I was um, with this girl named Colleen, and it's a very mature name for a girl, <laughs> and she was very hypersexual, and we basically made out in front of everybody and then that kind of like got things going and then it ended in an orgy <laughs> it ended with us all having to go home <laughs> because it, oh it turned God. dark and <laughs> it was at this french exchange student's house her name was no, stop we don't do full names here. i'll bleep it i'll bleep it <laughs> She's probably not even here anymore. Like on this earth? Or in the country. On this earth. She's probably, oh probably extradited. I don't know. But <clears throat> anyway. Well, no. I like I need to know. <laughs> I just want to know. Well, okay, so like everybody started to get into it and seven minutes in heaven kind of became seven minutes everywhere because it was like this garage type party. So it was like seven so minutes all the time. It literally was an orgy. <laughs> but not really, like everybody stuck to their own little partner. It's like for kids when they have parallel play. <laughs> they're not playing with each other, they're just yeah. playing next to each other. Playing next to uh-huh. each other. And then you had the people who did not have anybody and they were like awkward and everything. I think they I think they snitch. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, see, that's when you needed to be lookout, like you <laughs> yeah. promised to be, Quinn. So much for that. I only got two hands. <laughs> oh, god. Now, oh my god, Chelsea normally can't deal with having one boy on the podcast. Now she got two of them. Now I'm outnumbered. Talk yeah. about hypersexual. <laughs> we used to play. Speaking of hypersexual, this was just my version. We would play the nervous game. Did you guys ever play that? With the hand on the leg. Yeah. Never so heard basically, of it. like you're talking about seven minutes everywhere in that poor exchange student's home. The place for things to happen with hands was the bus ride to and from field trips. Mm. And we would play the nervous game where you would like sit down next to the person that you like had a crush on. And then you would literally just take your hand and move up towards their nether regions and be like, are you nervous? No. Are you nervous? And you get closer and closer. And now like looking back, I used to get so mad that our bus attendants would make us do hand checks where they'd be like hand checks and everybody would have to put their hands in the air but it's like well what else were they gonna do like walk to the back of the bus and just see like middle schoolers dicks out you know <laughs> just hand job central oh my god bus. both of you guys went to school in euphoria i think i was just like choreographing dances to like a prayer josie grossy over here <laughs> I think the nervous game, which that didn't happen in my school. I also didn't ride the bus, so that might be why. But I think that's, like, really good with, like, consent. You know, like, are you nervous? You know, I, okay, I'm nervous, and stop. Oh, yeah. So I think that's good. Yeah, a life lesson. <laughs> yeah. I only ever played, and this should probably, like, not make it to the podcast. Oh, Lord. But I only ever played the nervous game with, like, coworkers at work. <laughs> so... <laughs> Was this when you were a manager at Chuck E. Cheese? We don't need to say bleep where that was. Oh, you like you haven't? Okay, fine. Is this like when you were a manager at that place with that cheese incident? Like you told where you worked, Donnie. No, I was a manager at Bubblegum Shrimp Company. I was just a party coordinator at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, pardon me. Imagine Chuck E. Cheese reaches out and sues us. They were like, "We've had a lot of bad press, but this has gone too far. We can't be talking about the nervous." I game. never played the nervous game with anyone at Chuck E. Cheese, but I did make out with someone in the closet where you put on the Chucky costume. 
Okay. <laughs> okay, moving. And that's perfect because this whole conversation started talking about kissing people in the closet. I'm just trying to get us back on track. Perfect little button on that <laughs> tail. So yes, a mortified Jenna is left in the closet crying on her birthday, and she wishes to be 30, flirty, and thriving as the wishing dust Maddie gave her for her birthday sprinkles on her head, and dun, dun, dun. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get into her turning into an adult, we have to talk about this dollhouse, because is she a dollhouse person, or did he decide that he just needed to give her this? Because, like... Clearly, a lot of thought was put into it. It came from the heart. But if she didn't ask for this, it's very fucked up. It's yeah. strange. It's strange for a 13-year-old to want to be 30. I thought that was all. <laughs> yeah. Donnie's like overlooking the fact that like her whole life's ambition is to be 30 years old. Yeah, it's a large gift. It's cumbersome. Just like physically. Yeah. I guess he says you've always wanted a Barbie dream house. But... Did she want a Barbie dream house when she was nine (laughs) or did she want a Barbie dream house for her 13th birthday? And then not only that, you're not going to give me the Barbie dream house. You're going to like make a weird ode to me where there's little (laughs) tiny people in there. And then not only that, in this dream house, you're going to put me with my crush, but you're also going to be there to make sure that me and my crush in this dream house can't hook up. Like I said, it's very strange. So... (laughs) I would say that being a preteen getting accidentally trapped into an adult woman's body is pretty horrifying. I've talked about how personally I'm a birthday monster and I terrorize everybody each year by making my friends and family essentially celebrate me for the entire month of June. Yes, I'm a Gemini. Thank you very much. So I can't say that I am the one that's been traumatized by my birthday parties, but certainly there have been victims. Have either of you been traumatized by any birthday experiences the way poor little Jenna was. Um, my sister has, because of me. <laughs> okay. um, so my middle sister, hey, Alyssa, we talked about you last episode by name for the first time. The VHS of her first birthday, her first year on Earth being celebrated, was taped over by me when I recorded Muppet Frog Prince. No. <laughs> Oh, my yeah. God. So you see, you see the camera turn on, and it's her sitting in front of the cake, and then it goes. <laughs> and then it's just Kermit in a lake. I know about that story, but it never gets uh-huh. any better when I hear about it. It is a bad story. How did she discover that it had been taped over? Like, were you all sitting down? Was it her birthday? And we're like, oh, we're going to revisit your first birthday, the memories, the important special moments. And then Kermie makes an appearance. No, I, <laughs> I discovered it. It was completely an accident. The VHS was in the VCR, which it's not my fault. So you're just willy-nilly taping over whatever the fuck is in there? You weren't checking? You weren't hitting eject? You were just like, oh, this is probably fine. Clearly, this isn't a VHS that is never watched if it's literally in the TV, Donnie. No, we had like three VHSs that we were allowed to record on. So I didn't think someone was just randomly watching my sister's first birthday. So... So I was like, oh, let me rewind to the beginning. I rewound whatever video was in to the beginning, hit record, and then the birthday goes longer than however long the movie was. So then at the end of this, then you get like 15 minutes of my sister's birthday. And that's when I gasped. And then I like hit it under the couch. Well, my question is, 
why was that able to happen? Like, you know, back in the day, if you like would have broke off that little black piece in the front, you could never tape over anything on that tape again. I'm going to blame it on your parents. Me too, because nothing gets blamed on me. <laughs> so so <laughs> I, too, will pass the buck. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of like an instance where I had a bad birthday party, but I'm probably going to be not an ideal guest again. I don't have any bad birthday party memories. My parties were pretty great. You know, Quinn, um, we at I Am The Cute One really like to tell our embarrassing and <laughs> terrible childhood stories. And so far, you've told us about... How you had an orgy and you've never had a bad birthday. So this is going to have to be us bidding you, like Jenna says, Arrivederci. You be out. I'm sorry. Um, I never ruined any of my sister's birthdays either. So I don't know. I never ruined anybody's birthday. But okay. 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 Here we go. Here we go. I accompanied my nephew on a school field trip that happened to fall on his birthday. He was also a, a Gemini. So my sister and her husband couldn't go. So I stepped in and I did it. At the time, I was probably about 19 years old. And he was an absolute terror the entire time. He was in fifth grade. He was terrible. He was so bad that when it was time for lunch, I was like, you don't get to be with your friends. Like, you have it on the bus with me. Like, I was trying to be, like, authoritative. And, you know, I'm 19. I've never done it before. So I was like, you know, you need to act better. And he's like, you act better. I ignored it. And I was like... I'm going to tell your mother how you're acting. I'm going to tell your mother how you're acting. And he kept mimicking me. And then the last time I was like, this is not funny. It's not funny. And I literally slapped him. No, seriously. It was like a very quick like slap. Not hard, but it shocked us both. So like my hand went to my mouth. He like touched his cheek. He looked in shock. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, it's your birthday. I am so sorry. Okay, welcome back. You're allowed to now that you've admitted that you slapped your nephew on his birthday. Wait, did he blackmail you then? No, because like he knew he was bad. He still got in trouble when he got home. He was awful. Like he was really bad. Yeah. So I would say I ruined his birthday. If that makes you all feel thank better. You. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. One time my sister this was not on her birthday. When my sister was on the family computer, I wanted her to get off and she wouldn't so i took my sprite and i held it above her head at an angle i was like if you don't get out this computer i'm gonna pour it on you and there was more in there than i thought and it really poured (laughs) so then i was like oh my god i'm so sorry so then i gave her the sprite i was like please pour it on my head so we'll be even and she wouldn't so then i put it in her hand and forced her to pour sprite on my head but she's still tall. <laughs> now we're just working through some family issues because, and I'm sorry, we will get back to the movie. We have officially, as per usual, made it through one single scene so far. But I was, as we know, a just terrorist as a child. And I wanted to get on AIM after school. I like wanted to go and like sign on and talk to my crush. But my brother was on the computer and I told him to get off and he wouldn't get off. So I punched him in the face and his nose was like bleeding so much. He was like hovering over the sink and my best friend Victoria was with me too. And I don't remember this, but I totally believe that this is how I reacted. She said I was like helping him over the sink and I was like, and you better not tell mom because I want to go out tonight. <laughs> he didn't he was not a little snitch and the surprise look when i told you that i popped my nephew <laughs> once and you're going around bloody and noses and making threats like a soprano <laughs> wow 
Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. So back to this film. I don't know how we got here, but Jenna wakes up and discovers that she is an adult woman who has everything that she's ever wanted. She works at Poise Magazine. She's best friends with TomTom. And she is, in fact, 30, flirty, and thriving. I have to admit that if 13-year-old me was transported into my body today, she would be fucking horrified (laughs) because I am not playing soccer for the national team. I am not a cast member on SNL and I am not married to Nick Carter. I am a total (laughs) failure. (laughs) Nick Carter. Nick Carter. (laughs) 13-year-old Donnie would be pissed or upset if he was in 30-year-old Donnie's body, but I think he would be fine at 35-year-old Donnie's body. Like, at 30, I worked as administrator of Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, and 13-year-old Donnie was bad at math and hated Tom Hanks. Both of those things are still true. So, like, 30-year-old Donnie wasn't even happy in his own body. But Uh 35, like, I live in New York. I'm a Broadway usher. So the pieces are in place. Like, I wanted my own talk show as a kid, and I wanted to be on Broadway. So, like, I work on Broadway, and I have my own podcast. So the markings are there. The wheels are in motion. Yeah, I could come to 13-year-old Donnie and say, like, enough. You you have it. You would have to explain to 13-year-old Donnie what a podcast is first. (laughs) Well, first I have to explain it to my mom. (laughs) 13-year-old me would be probably horrified at what happened to our body. She ain't what she used to be. And... (laughs) 
I think as far as a job, I remember at 13, I think I wanted to be a volcanologist. My mother told me I couldn't. She flat out said that I couldn't do that. She said, that's crazy white people working. You ain't doing it. It does have a very high mortality rate, but you have to keep in mind that I, at that age, had seen a couple movies. I saw Volcano and Dante's Peak. Volcanoes were very big in movies. And so I was like, hey, I want to be a volcanologist like Anne Hage. <laughs> so um, my mother put the kibosh on that. So he'd probably be a little disappointed that I didn't do that. As far as who I wanted to end up with, wow. He'd be thrilled. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. 13-year-old you would look at your husband and, and like, say, ah! <laughs> yes, he would be like, wow, this is better than Shamar Moore. Thank you. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. As it turns out, Jenna is a full monster. <laughs> she never talks to her parents. She's terrible to her assistant. She's cheating on her boyfriend. And we learn that she ditched Matt years ago for the six chicks, which... To quote Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, big mistake, huge, because Mark Buffalo is hot. You said Buffalo or Ruffalo? You said Buffalo, didn't you? She did, didn't she? I, she, I think she did. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Mark? Ruffalo? Ruffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I feel like he was so good in this movie. He's, like, low-key hot. He's so charming. I want him to be my little next-door neighbor that I get to, like, take selfies with all the time. I wish he was in more. <laughs> like, he was in... Wait, what? in more than what? Like, what did he do after this? Uh, he's, he's, he's the Hulk. He's Hulk in the <laughs> Avengers movies. Which... I think he's totally him. miscast, oh but we love Mark Ruffalo, so we like him. <laughs> he's been the Hulk in like, all of them. Yeah, if we only look at his Marvel career, that's like nine things. So like anything extra, well, he's I'm in. happy for him because here I was thinking his last name started with a B and that he hadn't been in anything since this. So glad that I've been given the opportunity to have this platform to talk about movies. Thank you. I have a couple of things to say here. I bet you do. I'm talking outside of this this craziness that. That Chelsea is not knowing what Mark Ruffalo's career has been. (laughs) I can't even address Mm -hmm. that. I will say, yes, he was, he was very cute. It was good to see Mark Ruffalo younger and not, um, actually, he doesn't look that much different, but the glow up hadn't happened yet. He, he always had like very like Tony Danza vibes, but like Tony Danza's cousin. And, (laughs) and I like that about him. As far as her being a terrible person and and sleeping with that ugly married guy. It's a very yeah. interesting life she's created for herself. There's several times when men are called hot in this movie, and they are objectively not. No, the one Tom Tom points out at the bar was literally in a wig. <laughs> the small child. <laughs> the small child looked better. The small child looked better than a lot of the men who were supposed to be hot in this movie. The guy that she, the Bob Ross looking guy that she, the Tom Tom pointed to. I don't understand. Chelsea doesn't know who Bob Ross is. I know okay. who Bob Ross is. I don't know Mark <laughs> Buffalo or Jennifer Gardner, but I do know Bob Ross. Jesus. I'm not living under that big of a rock. <laughs> okay, oh well, we can God. work from there. Wait, before we move on, besides Mark Buffalo being the Hulk, a lot of this cast is in Marvel stuff. Let me go through the list. <clears throat> 
Judy Greer is the ex-wife in Ant-Man. Jennifer Garner is Electra. We don't count that. Oh, sorry. Brie Larson, who's one of the six chicks, is Captain Marvel. And Andy Serkis, the boss, is the bad guy in Black Panther. So, like, this whole cast was just shipped on over to Marvel. It was really cool to see Andy Serkis playing a human. (laughs) Chelsea, do you know him from anything? Mm-hmm. And, and what would that be, Chelsea? Wait, first, who who is Andy Serkis in this movie? Well, you said the boss. So oh, okay. I can focus on context clues. How do you think I've made it through my life, Donnie? I just got to, like, pick up on those context clues and smile and nod. Oh, my God. He was Gollum in Lord of well, the Flies. Well, how am I supposed to know that? Lord of the Flies? <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you both are a mess. You both are a mess to American cinema, and you should be... I don't know. A citation should be given to this podcast. <laughs> You're being a real Tom Tom right now. Claire. Thank you. Well, he said that's that's the best hero. part of the movie. She's also the best part of Twenty Seven Dresses. Judy Greer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now be careful because if we say a celebrity's name more than two times on this podcast, the third time they show up in the press somewhere. So I hope it's positive press for Judy Greer this week. Me too. I don't see her enough. I saw her in the last Halloween movie. I didn't want to see her. In that. Mm. But you won't see her in the third. Spoiler alert. She was smart. She got out of that. <laughs> Again, Judy Griff for the win. And she was like, y'all can just kill me. <laughs> so Jenna heads to a work event, and it's in that iconic green dress and butterfly necklace that like, I think everybody associates with the film. And the event is a total flop until she makes the DJ turn on Thriller and then initiates essentially like a flash mob situation. And I have to say, when I watched this movie, I did watch it with Dr. Bald, who is a high school teacher. We were talking about, like, what is the equivalent of the fact that, like, everybody casually in the 80s knew the entire thriller dance? And he said, it's TikTok dances now. And he actually went the next day and tested out his hypothesis. In one of his classes, he just randomly turned on a song that has a TikTok dance associated with it, just as like an anthropological study to see what his students would do. And he said that they all individually, they were like little robots that had like turned on and they all started getting out their phones, setting it up and just doing the little like TikTok (gasps) dances. Like he literally just turned on the music and they all independently, circles become circle, parallel play because they were not dancing with each other, just to their screens doing the TikTok dances. So... I think, once again, we have strayed too far from God's light. What can I say? Black people are amazing. They're teaching America to dance. It's it's great. Give them their money, ladies and gentlemen. Give them their money. They're teaching your children how to dance. I remember when Disturbia first came out. I was sure that it was going to be, like, our generation's thriller. There was no dance that went with it, but just because it was a spooky song. So the first time I heard it playing in a club, I made sure I went around to everyone, strangers, and said, this is our thriller. This, you're living history. This is our thriller. (laughs) Rihanna just has that effect on me in clubs because when SNM played at a gay club once, I took my belt off and whipped strangers with it and then got, <laughs> and then they confiscated my belt and kicked oh, yeah, me they out. Kicked Not you one on the or street. the other. They did like the Fresh Prince Bel Air where they threw them out, but just no belt. Well, we do have very specific things in common because I danced so hard to Rude Boy on my 21st birthday that the back button of my dress popped out and I flashed the entire bar. <laughs> Now, that's a story. 
Oh, wow. Happy birthday to me. Yeah, that's not the birthday story. She well, I told you, to I always love my birthday. There are other victims that were traumatized, and certainly the people that saw that situation <laughs> had a tale to Wait tell. Wait a minute. You know that about Donnie, though, right? You had to have told her what a monster you have historically been about your birthday. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about right now. She has to know this. Like, you have to know that you are the same bitch in this way. <laughs> well, Donnie's always just let me ramble about what a monster I am on my birthday. He's never shared that perhaps there's two of us. So you never heard of Donnie Appreciation Month? <laughs> no. I have not. Please delight us. I feel us. like I was in Congress. I petitioned for years to get it downgraded to Donnie Appreciation Week. Wait, this was like a more than one year occurrence? Yes, every, every year. year. Yeah. He used to give out CDs of his favorite songs to people for his birthday and call it now, This Is What I Call Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have follow-up questions about Donnie Appreciation Month. How many people had to appreciate you and what was the expectation for showing your appreciation okay so mandatory was people had to change their like facebook photo to include me it didn't have to be just of me it could certainly be not everyone mandatory he says (laughs) yeah like that's how we knew if you would be participating in the events and then for the like the reason for Donny Appreciation Month was because i had a lot of friends so brag (laughs) So instead of trying to, like, mingle, like, oh, Susie doesn't want to hang out with Allison, then I could just, like, event number one is with Allison. Event number two is with Susie. Mm -hmm. Like that. So I always find that to be actually a giant red flag when people don't want their groups of friends (laughs) to mix and mingle. Because it's, like, the equivalent of, like, as a child having school friends and camp friends, and you don't want the two to meet. And that's what I'm experiencing right now with my work husband (laughs) and my real husband. You are Susie and Allison. It's nice you finally changed the names. When I met Donnie, Donnie Appreciation Week was exhausting for me because as his significant other, we weren't married then. Uh I had to attend all of it. So there would be branches of, there was like, you know, the Donnie Appreciation birthday time with his gay friends in New York. Then it was his time with his Latino friends who he he would like we go uptown for that. Then he had an entire section of Jewesses that he would hang out with in Pennsylvania, who would also come to New York sometimes. It was multicultural Donnie Appreciation Month. <laughs> well, let's talk about Jenna's birthday. I can't believe you mine. heard her talk about that and you sat there. For three seasons now, Quinn. Three seasons of me, anytime my birthday comes up, he quietly sits there and politely chuckles. And all along, you had a fucking appreciation month. Shame on you. I have no idea the things that Donnie has done. He's had people recreate top model photo shoots for him. Oh, she knows that. He had people taking pictures and leaves. The influence and effect that Donnie's had on his friends has always been cult leader-like. There, I said it. Well, just last episode, he said that if he was ever like Anne Hathaway in The Princess Diaries (laughs) and came into a small country, he said that he would run it like a cult. So (laughs) I think the proof is in the pudding. And the pudding is Donnie Appreciation Week. <laughs> Mine. Look at you. You slipped. Freudian slip. <clears throat> well, I can't wait for March. That's right. You got it right. Mm-hmm. It's March Madness indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so 
as Jenna is navigating the world as an adult, two major things are happening in this movie. Number one, her magazine Poise is being destroyed by their competition Sparkle. So she's working on a rebrand to help them get back to their roots. And number two, Mark Buffalo (laughs) is falling in love with a teenager. And we need to talk about how creepy this is. I don't think it's talked about enough. I don't think it's creepy. She's young at heart. Her vagina is still 30. (laughs) Not only that, I mean, how many times have we dated people who are our age, but as far as everything else, a fucking child, quite frankly. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Donnie just literally raised the roof. He either (laughs) believes that she's 13 or he believes that she believes. She's 13. Like, either uh, way, not cool. I didn't True. think about that. At the very least, this woman is having a psychotic break. At the very most, <laughs> she's literally 13. Yeah, you're right. I think I was thinking of it more from, like, a compared to 17 again angle, where the wife is flirting and falling in love with a man and a 17-year-old Like body. Chad Michael Murray. So I think Friday. it is, well... No, that's not creepy. Well, I mean, it is creepy, but for different reasons. <laughs> Why have we covered so many movies where there are children trapped in grown people's bodies? Because <laughs> movies have been playing around with age and putting young people in adult situations for far too long. Mm. And Euphoria is the latest installment of this country's <laughs> obsession with going back to high school and being a child and being an adult at the same time. I'm off my soapbox. All I have to say is that Mark Ruffalo has an entire fiance also that he just is overlooking and casually emotionally cheating on. This man is a sucker for the razzle red tongue. That red tongue comes out and it's like all bets are off. (laughs) I don't like his fiance though. So I don't care what happens. She's doing what she has to do. That's what she's I. She's very clingy. She's very like he's moving to Chicago with me. Is he? Like, does he want to do that? At one point, he said he was doing it. So that was him signing that Ursula mm. voice. And in that way, she took his voice for the rest of their marriage. Basically, right? He doesn't get to speak for himself. This metaphor, <laughs> I got <laughs> lost in the metaphor because now, especially with my husband here, I just seem like a monster if I stand by this. So yeah, the fiance <laughs> also overlooking Maddie's part of it all. The fact that she is thirteen and attracted to a thirty-year-old man with arm hair—like they're not doing adult activities together. They're not like getting to know each other over a beer. They're swinging. And not in like a key party way. They are fucking swinging at a playground. And it's horrifying. But then I also hate myself because, good God, Liz Fair starts singing Why Can't I Breathe? And I that song does something to me. I was like, all right, fine. I'll look the other way. You two crazy kids, just enjoy your lives together. Chelsea, I know I've said it every week, I think, but this is really the best soundtrack of any movie we've covered because half of it is 80s and half of it is like 2005. Every week I disagree with you, but this week, maybe yes. (laughs) Thank you. So Jenna is shocked to learn that Tom Tom is a no good lying little backstabber. But after breaking into her childhood home and getting a pep talk from her mom, Jenna decides to turn her life around and work on her own rebrand for Poise. So with the help of Matt, she organizes a giant photo shoot celebrating, as Quinn pointed out, high school. I'm not even going to say anything. Donnie, I assume you have thoughts. (laughs) What do you think my thoughts are going to be? I don't even know, but I know you have a lot of them. I I do. I love 
the idea of, no, I love Jenna's, but it's not really groundbreaking because it's literally what every single teen people spread looked like. Like, this is just a September spread of teen people, teen Vogue, 17. It was just like a montage of people on bleachers. So for this to be as groundbreaking as... They were saying it was. I wasn't really moved. I agree. Tom Tom's idea was way better. Tom Tom's idea is what we see now. She was ahead of her time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like euphoria. It was actually euphoria. <laughs> it was like a fever dream where she promotes fashion suicide where its readers OD. She literally came up with euphoria. She did. All she needed to do was add some trans visibility, some diversity, some body positivity. And some eye glitter. Bam. Completely fast yeah. forward. She's a genius. Yeah, Jenna just had like old ladies in cheerleading uniforms and stuff, <laughs> which I mean, it's fine. Yeah, you can watch Palms if you want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so while Tom Tom is delivering Euphoria, Jenna presents her science fair project. And on her poster boards, she presents her vision for the rebrand where Poise gets back to the basics and depict real women who are happy with who they are. And her poor traumatized assistant is so moved that she bursts into tears. <laughs> we have to talk about the Stockholm situation of this poor assistant. Presumably, this woman has been treated like shit for years, but Jenna's nice to her for like 48 hours, and this woman is like fully on board, moved to tears, like so Team Jenna. That's true. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, she literally flinches <laughs> when Jenna's talking, but now she's like cuddled up with her. I, I want to backtrack just a little bit here. How do we feel about Tom Tom just like completely disregarding the fact that she was going to hook up with the 13 year old boy? <laughs> I, I think that there's um, some red flags there. I just thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> yeah, she does react very casually where she just like kind of yanks her away. Like, what are you doing? That's pretty outrageous. <laughs> that is true. If my friend and I were out at a bar and I'm like, oh my gosh, that cute guy over there is looking at you. And she <laughs> proceeds to go up to a 13-year-old child. I would have many follow-up questions and perhaps distance myself from that person. From a writing aspect, I think somebody should have at least put in, you've had too many drinks, girl. You need to go home. I think that could have maybe soften that a little bit yeah she just says you're tired <laughs> well she's certainly trying to go to bed but <laughs> no. so we can go forward i just wanted to point that out because that was incredibly shocking to me <laughs> oh that one's gonna sit with me yeah as it should so despite jenna's success and everybody loving this rebrand that she came up with tom tom discovers that it's been jenna who's been secretly sabotaging poise and selling ideas to sparkle for me, if I was committing corporate espionage, I probably wouldn't leave my pay stubs in my office desk. Why even bring it into the office? The mail had her home address. So, like, it's not like it got delivered to her office and she just left it there. This came to her home. She knew what she was doing and she decided to bring it to the place of work that she was backstabbing. I don't understand. She just wanted to get caught. She loved the thrill of it. Like, she, you know, she loved knowing that, like, all the proof was sitting in that drawer. I think you're right. Because that's where she held her affair as well. At the office. Uh-huh. It was like Little Black Book, but a dumb drawer. <laughs> yeah. Hope you're covering that next. Yeah. 
Haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm shocked. So with the realization that she is not 30, flirty, and thriving, in fact, she is 30, all alone, and unemployed, Jenna finds her Jenna dream house and wishes to be 13 again. she doesn't find the dollhouse. Maddie gives it to her because she still (laughs) has it. So I would like to repeat my earlier question. (laughs) Did she want the dollhouse or did he? We know the answer to that. (laughs) That's a pretty big thing yeah. yeah i think that maddie's terrible fiance who donnie resonates with was like listen we are getting married today you need to get this fucking dream house out of our house this is creeping me out why is the little jenna barbie staring at me i swear i see her move out of the corner of my eye like please get this away from us somebody keeping something like that does that seem like somebody ready to get married <laughs> no it does not but as Donnie said, he signed on the dotted line. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jenna finds herself back in the closet at her birthday party where she and Matt share a kiss. And this movie ends with a married Jenna and Matt moving into a real life version of their dream house, which now that I see it, I can't unsee it. And of course, they're eating fucking razzles. Like, there is an addiction that needs to be addressed here. <laughs> there absolutely is. And what do we think her job is in this new version of her future? Is she like a nice married version of the magazine editor? Or is she an administrator at Bubba Gump's Shrimp <laughs> Company, but she lives in this pink house? I have a few problems with this. One, I hate that whole we're sitting on the couch in the front yard trope. Get that thing in the house before it gets dirty. Second of all... <laughs> They would have broken up in college. And if not, they would have been married way sooner. So none of that made sense to me. But I did appreciate the white people moving in their houseware. You know, like the jeans and the untucked shirt. <laughs> I like that. They're all just like Lois Griffin from Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, that worries me that they are dressed like Lois Griffin because I don't think a fashion editor would be wearing slacks. Right. So then what's the message? Like, okay, if you're going to be with somebody who loves you, you need to settle and not chase any of your dreams. That's what I'm saying. Like you either have to be evil and chase your dreams or suburban mom (laughs) USA. Yeah, because that couch did not look like it belonged to a fashion editor either. They've been together for what, by this time, about 20 years? I just don't think they'd be that cuddled up. And I mean, there should have been a, you know, a, a good natured <laughs> argument, maybe some uh-huh. sniping. On moving day? Are you On kidding me? Day. Like, if there's not a near murder or threat of divorce or perhaps like a light stabbing. Are you even in love? <laughs> I mean, me and Donnie, if we have to put together something like Ikea, it can take oh, six God. hours. We'll break up five times. <laughs> Because she was putting away the pictures, which doesn't need to be top priority. Like, you don't even have all your furniture in the house, and you're putting up photos on the mantle. So that's already what she's doing wrong. But then she comes out, and he's fucking eating razzles on the couch. If I was either one of them, I would yell Mm -hmm. at the other one. Like, you're eating fucking razzles on our brand new white couch? Are you kidding me? Good luck getting the grass things out of that. And who's going to help them move that couch in? Her? I mean, she played alias and all, but I don't think she could help me move a couch. A lot of questions that shan't be answered here today. So final thoughts. If we were to recast this movie today, who would we cast in a remake? And I have to say, I'm very proud of my list. I even think that maybe Donnie will like it this week. Wow. I'm proud of mine too, but I think you'll only know who one person is. Great. But the the listeners will be proud of me, Mm -hmm. I think. Except for the message I got today about last week's when they said, Donnie, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so maybe I'll get that again. 
was that message from me? <laughs> no, but then a different person said, Chelsea's is great. I was like, oh, okay, this is a lot of hate mail in one day. It's just me from Burners. I'm just creating multiple <laughs> yeah. Instagram accounts to just like cyber bully you. <laughs> Next time I'll pay attention to the username. If it's like Jennifer Gardner fan, I'm like, oh, God. Delete, block. Okay, so I really did some thinking for this reboot. It would have to be an actress born in 1992. And she would be 13 in 2005. So also, before we even get to the cast, instead of Thriller, the choreographed dance would be To Lose Control by Missy Elliott, which was popular in 2005. And in that party scene, Alison Stoner would be a cameo because she was in the video. So already we we love this movie. But then I would have Margot Robbie, 30 years old, play Jenna. As Tom Tom, I would have Emmy winner from Pose, MJ Rodriguez. And then as Maddie, this is who I know you don't know, Ross Butler from 13 Reasons Why, Shazam, and To All the Boys I Loved Before. <laughs> Love it. Chelsea wears glasses for this recording, but I can still see dead eyes every time I say someone's snitch. I don't know the age. Like, I don't know anybody who was exactly 30. So I'm not going to do that. Not everyone comes as prepared as I do. Clearly. So you can cast Kiki Palmer if you'd like. I'm not casting Kiki Palmer, but I will cast Issa Rae as Jenna. And I think I want to cast Constance Wu as Tom Tom because I think she knocked that out of the park. And Mark Ruffalo's character, that one's tough. But I think I will choose the Keith Stanfield. They worked together before, right? And who am I missing? I want to cast Andy Serkis' part because I think that would be funny. I think we should just completely reorganize that character and just make it Jennifer Coolidge just because why not? (laughs) She's always welcome here. Love that. (laughs) Okay. So... I have Millie Bobby Brown as 13-year-old Jenna and Natalie Portman as 30-year-old Jenna because they look shockingly alike. If you do a side-by-side, it works. I'm telling you. Now, wait. Do you compare bald photos of them or photos when they each compare? I have not compared bald photos, but I Googled celebrities that look shockingly alike, and they were, like, on every (laughs) list. So I feel very confident with that answer. For Tom Tom, I have June Diane. Who's that? The woman you hate from Grace and Frankie. I love her. She's my dream <laughs> guest for this podcast. Well, I like her now. I don't like her before, I'd say, like three years ago. So from three years to now, I like her. Okay. Her so podcast she does that. with yeah. her husband and um, that other guy. I'm Now I just sound like my mom. You know, the girl with the guy that's married to that other guy. <laughs> How did this get made? Their podcast is so funny. So just putting that out into the universe, cuties, if you have any connections to June Diane, ask, believe, receive, and so it is. <laughs> and then for Matt, I have Jesse Williams. I just need him on my screen because he's so hot. You'll get an <laughs> argument from me about that. <laughs> so final, final thoughts. What about this movie do you think aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? I think it all aged well. Like, when you pointed out him falling in love with a 13-year-old girl, I can see your point, but I say keep it in. (laughs) Doesn't bother me. I think that what she wanted to be when she was 30, that hasn't aged well. I don't think any 13-year-old girl would want that. They don't even look at magazines, I think, anymore. 
So I think they would probably want to be like an influencer or something like that, maybe an actress. A streamer, a YouTube streamer, streamer. a YouTuber. I think the only thing that's aged very well, uh, besides the soundtrack, is Tom Tom's vision for poise. Just yes. Tom Tom in general, I think, yeah. aged very well. Very People well. like her are 30, flirty, and thriving. And you know why? She got the last laugh after Jenna went behind her back. So you just like the revenge. I stand people who do revenge well. I'm sorry. I like petty people who do evil things for their own reasons. I mean, look who you're married to. <laughs> wow. Well, this ended on a lovely note. So we've learned a lot about each other and ourselves today. That Donnie has an entire appreciation month. That Quinn slapped his nephew. And that I am perfect in every single way. Thank you. <laughs> So before you go, tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, listen to you, all the things. Oh, yeah. You can follow me at Quinn Lamar, and that is on Twitter, and that is also on Instagram. I am also doing uh, a couple of podcasts, the Tableverse podcast, which is a tabletop role play game, all improvised. I'm doing, of course, Know That with Donnie, which is a Real Housewives podcast. I'm also doing This Is Gonna Be Good, which is a social topics conversational buddy coffee type podcast and i have a new podcast with the comedian friend of mine which would be called the messy show perfect <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for being here and thank you guys for listening talk to you later love, love you like, like a sister. sister that was crazy that was crazy <laughs> that was erratic that's what the people say Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at OnoChels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.